welcome to a mini breakdown with Ashley and Chris, where they answer your questions and meet with real brides to break down their wedding every week. Hey guys, happy Friday. We hope you had such a good week and are ready to dive into the weekend. If you're listening to this on your way to work or you're listening to this on your way home, we hope it gets you inspired to knock something off of that to-do list. But first, yes. we first. have such good news. And what? Good news. What's our good news? We are starting our wedding breakdown interviews. These are the real interviews with real brides, real listeners. Yes. We started them. We've recorded so them. Pumped. Oh, they're so, so freaking good. It's so cool to see. Like, I remember when you, when you brought this idea up, it's just, it's cool to see it play out. Yeah. It's like, there's been so many good things happening with the podcast. We're always getting good feedback and we've, we've not stopped. We've just kept pushing forward with like, no, let's start the breakdown and let's take Q and A's and, and, oh, now let's add bright interviews. And, and so I love that this just keeps taking shape mm-hmm. and it just keeps getting better and better and better. Yeah. It's so constantly like, evolving and yeah. it's honestly, these interviews are better than I pictured. Like I knew they were going to be fun. I knew it was going to be valuable, but I didn't realize truly how much insight and how much value these women can bring to other people in the planning phases of their journey. And you you guys are going to be blown away, especially by this first interview. There's so much for everyone. There's, I mean, we're going to be interviewing people with all from all walks of life that oh, yes. have all sorts of different backgrounds. And so it's just really, really cool to kind of see the bridal breakdown be this melting pot of people from different religions, different political beliefs, different um, convictions, just different lifestyles to all come together around the topic of wanting to be the best version of themselves. And so I love that. But our first bride that we interviewed, who was it? She was amazing. She was so good. So her name's Caitlin Cox Dittman. You're going to hear this interview at the end of this. these three questions. It's how we're going to start this episode. And then we're going to end with this hella amazing interview. Katie is someone who she walked herself down the aisle. It was a intentional decision that she made and she is always the life of the party she knows exactly what she wants and she's not afraid to say it sister is opinionated and convicted and honestly one of my favorite people she was one of my brides in 2019 and she was a joy from the start and I honestly can't even like wrap my head around how great her wedding was it's still one of my favorites because she weaved intention throughout her entire wedding day Before we were talking about weaving intention through a wedding day, she did it already herself. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was one of the things that stood out to me about her wedding is that it's just so full of so much intention. It is. And through this interview, Katie is going to share her win, her wedding loss, and her biggest piece of advice that she wants you to know. So you've got to tune in so that you can hear all of the goodness that Katie shares. Absolutely. But right now, and that's coming at the end of these questions, right now we're going to tackle some questions, some Q&As, some questions that you guys have submitted. Thank you for interacting with us and for sending us what's on your mind, uh, your struggles, the things that you're processing and trying to get through. So let's go ahead and tackle question number one, Ashley. Let's start with the broadest of them all. And I feel like all of these kind of tie into it. So let's go ahead and start with this first question from Katie. Actually, we have multiple Katie's, but this one is Katie. And she is having trouble right now sticking to her budget. What advice would you have for Katie right now? So I think the biggest thing with budget, I mean, your wedding budget is the same in the sense that, you know, I hope most people operate with a budget in their real lives. It's, it's very helpful. But the hardest thing with, I think, sticking to a real life budget that you've made for like, you know, paying your bills and all that kind of stuff is just is differentiating needs from wants and, and mm. um, nickel and diming yourself. Like that's the, the, those are the biggest budget killers. It's not like you spending $100 at a time. You mostly won't do that. It's like the every time you stop into quick trip you go in and you get a a chicken roller that's in there yeah and you do that every day of the week and you spend 50 cents here a dollar there this and i think that you can do so much of that in a wedding nickeling and diming yourself and prioritizing um 
or not prioritizing needs and wants. And so I think a good way to stick to your budget is to use your wedding why as your like your bumpers to keep you, you know, like in a bowling alley. They keep you in the center lane. Like, okay, we are really looking at, uh, we had very simple centerpiece layouts planned um, because we wanted the attention to be somewhere. We wanted it to be, I don't know, maybe you have some why for super center, super simple centerpieces. And now you've seen so-and-so just had their wedding and they had these really extravagant uh, metal, copper, brass things that are just that whistle and or wind chime. I don't know. Just something very extravagant. I'm pulling yeah, stuff Yeah, out I love hands. it. I love it. And so now you're like, oh my God, we need to do that. Well, oh, that looks so good in those pictures. We need to do that. And your wedding why is like you want people to be focused on what's happening. Uh, they, you want them to be present. Do centerpieces help you accomplish being present at the wedding day? And then if that's your why, it can keep you in your lane for your budget. You're like, well, no, it doesn't. We're good with what we have. Yeah. The the centerpieces that we have right now don't deviate us from from doing that. Right. And another thing aside from sticking to your why, which is I think foundational across everything and is going to help you with all of your decisions and it's going to ground you from getting away from yourself But something else is remember what your priorities are. If you haven't yet listed your wedding day priorities, go ahead and list those out and remember like, yes, there are last minute things that come up that you're like, Ooh, I need reception signage. It's like one of those last things people think about. Consider, is there a way that I can do this signage cheaper? Can I figure out how to DIY this? Like, do I need to blow my budget because I need to buy these really cool reception signs? You know, like, right. That wasn't one of your priorities to begin with. So really like allow and empower yourself to remember your big whys and think, how can I do this cheaper? Like get creative with it. If you're running into last minute, maybe this is where you enlist help and you have a really crafty friend who has been like asking you like, hey, how can I help you with your wedding? Maybe this is something that you give her and you're like, this is going to be special. My friend did it. And yeah, for sure. And I, it is hard to stick to your budget because before you know it, all of a sudden you're $10,000 over budget. And it's, but you know what it is? It's those nickel and diming things. Like I feel like a lot of time, a lot of the couples that are reaching out to book me, I'm a couple hundred dollars out of their budget and it's something like that. And then they're stretching. They're like, okay, well, we're going to stretch the budget here. But if you do that five times, you know, six times, a hundred extra dollars here, 200 extra dollars there. Now you're a couple thousand over your budget, you know, like it's, it really is these little things. And so it, I think it involves, there's also a level of discipline and like Mm -hmm. a lot of times one spouse can be more disciplined than the other, like one partner on the team. Um, typically that is Lara. I am not, I have no like control when it comes to buying things. Lara laughs at me all the time. We'll get a tax refund. I'm like, Oh my God, we're rich. We can buy whatever we want. She's like, dude, no, we're not rich. Like you don't need to go buy that rowing machine. That was a conversation that she literally just talked me out of this last it's, two days ago. You got this cash infusion and all of a sudden you feel like a millionaire, but it's not regular. It's not going to keep coming. No, no, not at all. And so I think there is typically one partner, hopefully that will, you know, can say no or can be the voice of reason. And so maybe that's a conversation that you have. You know maybe you or your fiance are more that one and then you give them permission. Like maybe you have a, a we talk about safe words. You have a safe word. You know, maybe uh, your safe word is Lexus or or no, I'm sorry, Corvette because Corvettes are really expensive and unnecessary. So maybe your safe word is Corvette and you give your fiance permission to say Corvette whenever you might be overstepping. Right. And so then you guys can have a conversation about it. It brings it to the forefront of your mind. Is this a need? Is this a want? And if it is a need, what can we do to make this happen? Yeah. Maybe you take a side job. You just went to a wedding and they all had chargers at every single centerpiece or every single table. There were chargers, but each of these chargers from this rental company cost three to $4 per charger. And you're sitting here thinking, do I really need to spend, like, I know it's only quote unquote $400 and I have like a $15,000 budget. So you're like, that's only a dent, but yes, that's also $400 that you could put elsewhere when last minute kind of things come up. Is that charger accomplishing your why? Is that charger at all a priority for you? Maybe you can just do, get creative with it. Just do chargers at your head table. Yeah. Do the rest of your tables need it? 
maybe you found that actually there's something that you didn't anticipate needing that you do need. Let's say that you assumed that your caterer was going to, and I don't know if this is a thing, this might be a terrible example, but let's say you assume that your caterer was going to provide cups and plates, um, even plastic ones. You just assume that that was in there and then you find out it's not. And now you need 500 extra dollars. In a real life scenario, if you found yourself in a situation where you needed more money on a regular basis, you would look to your budget and go, okay, what's unnecessary? Well, you know what we can go without? We spend a lot of money on a Zips membership and um, it's winter right now and we're it's not snowing, there's not salt on the ground. We're, we're just gonna cut our Zips membership or it's summer, maybe summer's a better example. We're gonna cut our Zips membership, we're gonna save $40 here, we're gonna commit to not eating out for the next two months and we'll save $300 there. Boom, we're there. Yeah. Maybe in your wedding budget, you can find like, okay, what are the things that have been luxuries to this point? that we can cut that we won't need. You know, like there are always ways to save money. And so maybe you find a new need and then you get rid of an old want so that you can accommodate the new need. Love that. And I do love the example too of being able to apply it to your real life. So like maybe you're in the thick of work and you're an accountant and it's tax season and you're not at home watching TV right now, cut that Netflix and Hulu subscription. It'll still be available when you're ready. Like it will still be available. Some people are like, oh, well, that's just, you know, $17. But it's like most people don't just have one. They have like three or four. Right. And are you regularly watching every single one or are you just slipping between them out of curiosity? The nickel and diming, like it can really... um, Add up. It can really, really get to you. It can really add up. Yeah. So... um, Yeah, I feel good about that question. I do too. And I think that it pivots really, I kept thinking about bars and how expensive alcohol is at a wedding, which is actually our next question. Another Katie said she's trying to find money for an open bar or she's weighing, should I just be okay with my guest's reaction to a cash bar? And I think that this is like a two-parter. She's trying to find money for an open bar Yes. And that's what it sounds like. That's we kind of covered that just now. Like here's how you here are different ways and things that you can do to find money for an open bar. You can try to cut some of these subscriptions down. You can look at these last minute spending. Shoot. Maybe you can sell that PlayStation (laughs) two. Nobody wants PlayStation two anymore. But maybe you you can sell that that PlayStation four that actually you don't use and your husband doesn't use and maybe you just use it for netflix so let's sell that buy a fire stick for 30 bucks to get our netflix subscription but look we just pocketed 400 or i don't know how much they go for and there you just got some additional money to infuse that bar budget or how how could she how do you think chris this is a good one for you i think how could this is a two-part which part are we answering Trying to find money for an open bar. I feel like we just did that. And so we're going to do, or do you want me to do the handling the guest reaction? That one. Okay. This is tough. But I think at the end of the day, a lot of people really wrestle with this whole, like, if I'm not having an open bar, then my wedding guests are going to be unhappy. I can tell you from experience, some bar is better than no bar. Like something is better than nothing. Because at the end of the day, if you have, and and I get it, everyone has different reasons. Maybe your family is hardcore against drinking. And then some families like are all about it. And then you have those two that come together. And sometimes you have a family that's very conservative. And then another family that's like, we don't care if we drink or anything like that. So there are those things to navigate. But I would say if you're concerned about what they think, Uh, I'm going to meet you in the middle and let you know that. And then I'm going to give you another thing to kind of change your mindset. But the first one would be something is better than nothing. And a cash bar is not, people are not going to hate you for that. They're not going to hate you. I always view an open bar as a gift. Like, and I'm so thankful when there's an open bar because I know it's a luxury and not a necessity. And it's not something that I ever expect to, when we personally attend weddings as a couple, it's always like, I expect going into it to have to pay for my beer. I always and walk up with my wallet because I'm just not sure yet until yeah, you get there. you never know. Yeah. And if I do have to pay for it, it's like, 
man, I'm just happy that I can get a beer here and that I can have this and I can enjoy this on this day. And so maybe just know that like if you have something, something is better than nothing. Even having a partially like a partial cash bar, meaning maybe you guys can pay for a thousand dollars worth of alcohol, but you can't pay for a full open bar. And so you say, you know what? We are going to give uh, mixed drinks. You got to pay for your your liquor, but we're going to do a thousand dollars for beer. That's going to go a long way mm-hmm. on Bud Light. Like that's going to go a long way. And then once that thousand is gone, it's gone. And then people have to pay for their beers. Yeah. So there are lots of ways that you can get creative. Um, but just remember, like, I really do think most people, unless you're a really rude person, understand and view an open bar as a gift and are not expecting you to do an open bar. Yeah. I think that also another option that you can do is have, there's like this signature drink where you pay for ah. the signature drinks for people. And so instead of it being like $12 a head per person for an open bar, you pay $8 a head per person for beer, wine, and these this one signature drink or these two signature drinks might be this yes. like dollar amount. Anything else off of beer, wine, or this is they have to pay for it themselves, but you give them options. Take these options. Yep. If you want something special, you just got to pay for it. So that's another route that you can also take. Really, I, I understand the wanting to be a good host, but I don't want you to wear that weight on your shoulders that people are going to be upset with you if you don't do this one thing for them. Um, no. I really do think, unless you're just, all of your family and friends are a bunch of assholes, which I don't think they are, most people are just going to be so thankful that they get a meal. Like, wow, they're they're giving us this meal and these drinks and pop and all of this stuff. Like most people consider it an honor to get in, be invited to a wedding. So I would, I would try to think about it that way. Like, you know what? We are doing really nice things for these people and everyone is going to be come at it from with a um, mindset of gratefulness. Yeah. Look at the end of the day, they love you. And I personally know this wedding in particular, you're having a small intimate wedding of literally the closest people to you. They know that you love them, you know that they love you. At the end of the day, that's not going anywhere based on the amount of alcohol you produce for them. <laughs> I don't know what the heck just <laughs> fell down the stairs. It was not a kid though. Oh, thank God. I think it, it was probably the, that? yeah, yeah. It was probably the um, source of a child. A, a child <laughs> created the noise. 100%, 100%. Um, okay. Question number three. Chris, Holly wants to know if she should hire a videographer. Um, so one of our biggest regrets was not having a videographer. Um, Were you going when we to got y? married back in, in two thirds. What's that? He said, Will you go into Y? So for us, it was really we we love our photos. We we had great wedding photos. We're happy with them. But there's something about just us really wishing that we could have viewed it from a moving standpoint, like this this moving piece. Now, we were very blessed to have some random relative, like a second cousin, show up with like a $200 camcorder at Walmart and just plop down and record our ceremony for us. And we they gave that to us on a CD, like... It, it was just, and we love it. And so it was really then when we saw that, that we we're like, wow, like how great would this have been to have like high quality professional to be able to hear this. The other thing from a ceremony perspective and vows and getting our ceremony recorded, I don't remember what Lara said. I don't remember what my uncle, he, he officiated our wedding and I know he spent a lot of time on it. I don't remember anything he said um, because I was so in the moment, so nervous, all eyes were on us that I just, I didn't get to hear those things. And so I really wish that I could look back and hear Lara repeat her vows to me in the moment, in that time. Um, that was something that I look back on and it's like, oh gosh, we wish we would have had that. We wish we would have had our uh, best man and made of honor speeches and, and all of that. Like, um, because a lot of that's pretty, that's pretty typical for videographers to get all of those things. Yeah. So from a perspective of somebody who had a videographer, I am blessed to have people in the industry love me and gift me things 
for whenever I got married and Wild Oak Films is an our great, great, great friends of mine and incredibly talented. They are the goats. They're oh, so good. My gosh. I am I am beyond blessed to have them. If you haven't checked them out, you can find them at Wild Oak Films on Instagram. They go all over the country. They're phenomenal. They did my wedding video and they did my wedding video and I got like a highlight film and they also did my ceremony. So I got my full ceremony and I can tell you, Chris, even hearing, I just wanted to say like, if you can't even just get a camcorder, get at least like at least get that perspective or at least hire somebody for your ceremony because there is nothing that's meaning more to me than being able to watch that and see our ceremony unfold. The highlight oh, film's gosh. great. Like literally it was freaking beautiful. But what moves me to tears is hearing all of the people that I love speak. And because someday, yeah. like this is this is where my mind always goes. Like, what am I going to miss about the people that I love? I'm going to miss their voices. Mm. And oh my gosh, I get yeah. to see them. I get to hear them. And I don't think, like, as also a photographer, I love my photos. But my video is, like, my most cherished possession. Like, I absolutely 100% think every single dollar is worth it. Like you will yeah. not in any capacity regret hiring a videographer at all, ever. Yeah. Like unless maybe they are like terrible people. I don't know. But <laughs> I would I would say there yes, I can, and I can even see you getting a little emotional, like as you're as you're saying all that stuff. Like there's something about sound and voice that is so important. Like I save my nana, which is my grandma. Mm -hmm. I whenever she calls me and leaves me voicemails, uh, I I've saved. I've started saving them over the last like three years mm -hmm. just because I know one day it sounds kind of morbid, nope. but one day she won't be here anymore and I'm going to miss her voice. And so I would say if you are considering a wedding vi videographer, there's all sorts of price points and things like that. If you do go with a lower price point, be sure that, that they nail the audio and that they know how to record it, that they have the equipment because that's what makes the video. You can see a bunch of actions and that's great, but it's always the audio and it being laid over purposely when the dad gives a speech or when a couple's reciting their vows, like that is so, so, so important. Mm -hmm. And that makes film. So be sure if you do hire one that they know what they're doing with audio. Um, but I would simply say, and I think Ashley would agree, yes, you should, if it is, if it is possible budget-wise, you should hire a videographer in any capacity in yes. any capacity. Something if you are getting married tomorrow, nothing. reach out to somebody, even somebody that's starting out, like just it's invaluable. Like, like I said, like if it's like, dude, we don't have the budget, then you get a hold of someone that has a video, like a camcorder that can go there and literally just place it so that you can have something yeah. and you will cherish that. Yeah. Like we cherish this little rinky dink. <laughs> it, it's so cool. And Absolutely. your kids will be able to look back at it and watch it. Like it's just, it just hits different. Yep. Yes. You and should do it. It's the audio. It's the audio. Like my, my, I have one voicemail from my grandma and it's on my mom's phone and she's asking my mom about a Kindle. Like, how do I turn this Kindle on? How do I, I get, Debbie, I can't get this to work. And every time I hear it, I like burst into tears and yeah, yeah there's 100%, 100%, If you haven't gotten one, get one today, make that your priority to find somebody that fits within your budget or a friend that can commit to doing this. But man, the audio aspect, you can't really get with like a camcorder so much, but it's huge. But yeah, it's big. So whew, that one did get me emotional. Not I lying. Know, I know. Thank you guys so much for sending us questions. We hope that you guys are finding value to this and stay tuned for Katie's uh, wedding breakdown. Welcome to the first wedding breakdown. We are going to be taking a real wedding and we're going to be breaking it down. Thank you for joining us today, Katie. I have Ashley here as well, and we're just going to be diving in and asking Katie a bunch of questions. So thanks I'm for joining us. I'm so excited to talk to Katie today. She was one of my brides and one of my favorites. She already knows I feel this way about her, but she had a really, really cool wedding 
before kind of anybody was doing anything cool. I feel like it was one of the most exciting weddings of the year because she kind of took a whole new take and wanted to do things differently and used descriptive words about her wedding that I've literally never heard anybody use ever (laughs) in regards to a wedding. So this is going to be a really fun one. So Katie, let's go ahead and get started. Will you tell us who you are, where you're from, and tell us a little bit about what your vision was for your wedding day. And when you got married. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I got married, uh, I'll just say that first, I guess, but I got married in October of 2019, October 26, 2019. So, um, right before the world got crazy, which I'm super grateful for to this day, but, um, Ashley said my name, but I'm Katie, um, Cox Dittman and I am from Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri. I've been in the Wichita area for almost four years now, permanently, um, moved here for work after college. Uh, but yeah, from Lake of the Ozarks, like the show Ozark, uh, that's nice. what I most that people, <laughs> I actually have never seen it. Oh, Katie, you still need to watch that. It is. So, I know. So good. It's like in breaking bad, but way more intense. I keep hearing that. And like Ashley swarmed on that when we first met, when we were going <laughs> to hire them as a photographer, I remember I like walked over from the office. Um, and Ashley was like, who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? And I said it, she was like, Ozark. And I just remember it vividly, but I think that 20 minute, <laughs> like informational with you and other Ashley, uh, was like two hours long. And I was like, I should go back to work at some point. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. But so vision for my wedding, I think was your second part of the question. Um, you know, I think Jacob and I both, my husband's Jacob, um, we both went into wedding planning with the mentality of, we wanted a party, um, being in Kansas without any of the friends that we grew up with, we thought everybody's going to come to us for our wedding. So we deserve to throw a party, a party for us, a party for them. Um, and just overall, make it a great time. And so I think that was the lens that we went in with, but from a style perspective, I just wanted different. Um, I was so tired of the Pinterest wedding, the Instagram wedding, where you're making all these decisions for the sake of like detailed photos that, um, you know, aren't functional decisions. They're not memorable decisions. And so I wanted modern and pretty lots of gold, lots of floral, but I also wanted a party. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you nailed the party thing though too, but also like, do you remember, I don't know if you remember this, this is a style thing, but do you remember what you told your florist that you wanted? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that it's so funny because I, (laughs) the second, it's the second time in my life that I've told a florist that I wanted my flowers to look like scary or fierce or like (laughs) badass. And I just remember saying, I want them to look evil. I want them to look like spooky. And what I'm, I think what I meant by that, like now down the line is that I wanted a lot of texture. Like I didn't want just soft roses. I wanted like the, the like pointy stickery looking like proteas and like all the berries and just a lot of texture and floral. Yes. Intense is much better than evil and spooky. I freaking loved it though. You were like, I want my flowers to look scary. I so, want them to be scary. This is really cool though because it sounds like you already were being super intentional and and you guys had a vision for your day that kind of went against the grain of maybe what everybody else would do. Did did you guys have any rubs like with parents or anything like that? They're like, "Oh, you're kind of going a route that I wouldn't go" or anything like that because it what it does sound like it was so different we have, we just have a really strange family dynamic in the first place. So Jacob was raised primarily by his grandparents. So they're in their mid seventies. So you throw in another generational fold and then, um, you know, my parents divorced when I was young, um, and we paid for our entire wedding too. So it was, there was a lot of complexity when even considering family came up because we, we knew immediately that no matter what we decide, somebody's going to be unhappy. So why are we deciding for anybody but ourselves anyway? Ultimately, I know that decisions were made. Like I walked myself down the aisle. That was a decision that I think neither of my parents ended up being that surprised about, but it was one that we knew could be contentious. Yeah. With your wedding and having like this party idea, and then also it being like more formal, was there anything else about your wedding that you found was like 
really unique that you did uniquely or anything else that was really intentional? Yes. So, um, first of all, I hired a wedding planner like day one, because I am not, I'm not a detail person. And so, um, events and, and designs by Ashley Aaron was our wedding planner. I don't know if I'm supposed to drop that. Sorry. Totally not. fine. Love okay. it. Give him the uh, shout out. Yes. So, um, Erin was our wedding planner and she was incredible. So I knew right after meeting with her the first time that like every detail would be taken care of, or at least thought of, I might have to decide eventually, but she was going to make sure to ask the question. And so, um, there were a few things that I actually cared about the intentional details of. And one of those things from like the start, and I don't even know how it popped into my head, but I, I said, I want custom pendant lights that are triangular because my, the diamond in my ring is a triangle, which is very, very different. Um, and so I wanted to see how we could like weave through this common thread of things that were like significant in our life and like meaningful to either our relationship or, um, what we see for our future, how we could weave that in kind of early on. Um, and so I told Aaron, I think that I wanted, um, triangles to be incorporated in a way that wasn't like cheesy, campy, like play set, you know, I didn't want everything to be a triangle. Like it was this, you know, Illuminati party or something, but, um, (laughs) I knew that like, (laughs) like Luce just does such great lighting. And I had seen so many, like, Instagrammable posts of their work. And so I think I said to Aaron, I was like, you know, do they do custom things? I've seen that. I think they have like diamond shaped pendants, but like, can they make me triangles? Cause I think that would be so cool. And it'd be such a subtle way. Um, and so there was that. And then also our actual ceremony was done in the round. So like theater in the round, um, I did theater and musical theater all through high school, actually started college as a musical theater major. And I felt like I had performed in front of an audience so many times that I didn't want my wedding to feel that way. I never ever did theater of the round. And I, um, you know, I felt like it was more intimate. So I, I just really tried to figure out how we could make that work. And again, Aaron just like came through and figured out how everything should be set up. <laughs> yeah. Will you explain to our listeners what theater in the round was and how that actually played out in your ceremony? Cause I loved it. Yeah. It, was, it was my favorite. It was, I think one of the only ones you inspired me to do something like that for my wedding, because it was kind of more of a half circle for mine, but it was because I saw that option kind of come to light with you. Oh, I love that. I'm mm-hmm. that's so cool. Who knew that I inspired <laughs> other people? I love to hear that. Um, so theater in the round is typically where you would have the stage or the, the focus in the middle of a circle or a semicircle. It doesn't always have to be completely enclosed. So think about, um, you know, like an island with the ocean around you, you're the island basically, if you're getting married. And so we had, um, our venue was Distillery 244. Um, And so we used kind of the middle section, which had been um, separated off with curtains on either side. And the chairs were positioned around us all the way. So 360, but then Aaron left an aisle on, um, I guess like if you were to take a circle and draw like a, a T through it and quadrant it off. So the chairs were like in the quadrants and there were essentially four aisles. Um, and so we, yeah, it, it, it like turned out so well. I was like, I don't know how she's going to pull this together. The, um, our bridesmaids and groomsmen stood on, on our sides as they would, but they grouped around us to like complete the circle, except leaving it open just in that one space that was like my aisle to come through. So instead of like standing in a line going out down the row, everybody like crowded in. And so there's like, just honestly, some of my favorite pictures are from those, the view of like the gallery of our, um, you know, bridesmaids and groomsmen, and they're all just like huddled together. And I think at one point, like one of my bridesmaids is like, she's crying and the other one has like her hand on her shoulder. And it's like, it just, for me to look at that, it shows what everybody else was going through while I was so focused in my moment. And it's almost like getting to relive it in a different way. And you can just feel the closeness. That gives, yeah. I, got te- I might have tears in my eyes hearing you describe that. Literally. I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. Yeah. I love, I just love how much you're talking about just all this intention. I mean, this is, this is what weddings I think 
many weddings are missing is just this thoughtfulness, whatever a bride or groom choose to do, um, a couple chooses to do, but just doing it with intention and doing what you want. So earlier you said that you guys really just wanted to get together and, and have a big party to celebrate, right? Would you say that that was your why? Uh, and if not, what was your why? Like y'all's why? I think just the way that I grew up, like knowing that if I wanted a big wedding, if I wanted like this crazy luxury wedding, like I'd have to pay for it myself. Mm -hmm. And so being in a place to be able to do that, I think is what deterred me so far from the potential of like eloping or having like a really tiny intimate wedding. I wanted to like, I wanted to facilitate that opportunity for my loved ones to be together and to take a part in something where we could all be joyous around life and love and not like a funeral. And that sounds so dramatic, but I just, yeah. Um, and so I think that was a big piece of it. I really pride myself on showing up for others. Um, and I think that's just a really important part of like how I love people is if you need me, like I'll show up there. If you're doing something to celebrate, I want to be there to celebrate you. And I, I don't want to say it was like a test. It's not a test for my loved ones, but it was like, it's time for me to be celebrated and I I'm ready to, to be in that seat. Yes, girl. It really is. And I think that that gives you the opportunity to, to see the way that people love you back because you, you give so much of yourself to others naturally. And it was a moment for you to be like, get validated that you're loved in return. Exactly. And also just such a, such a display of mine and Jacob's relationship publicly, because we're not a super public couple. I mean, there are plenty of people who meet us and spend time with us for an hour, a couple hours, and they may not even really know that we were together because we're not the like heavy PDA. We're not, mm-hmm. I mean, we might flip like a, like, Oh, we hand me that babe or something where they might be able to connect the dots, but otherwise they're not going to like immediately click and know like, Oh, these two people are together and in love and getting married. And so for me, it was like, we need to, we need to go through that like very public display and like have people together and make our mark and say, we are getting married in a under like watchful eye. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It also let people know who you and Jacob are as a couple when they may not know. Yeah, that that's man. I love all this. You're, Ashley was was talking about um, Katie, and she was like, "She's I'm super excited to talk to her just because there was so much intention woven into your big day." So when it comes to, so I'm going to ask you a question now. That's kind of a a two part question. Um, okay. But if you had to say uh, what your biggest win for the day was, what would that be? And then if you had to share what your biggest loss was, what would that be? loss being this was a miss it didn't go right um maybe even something that you know was emotional or just something that was really hard you know so like the best moment of your wedding and maybe the worst moment of the day i think you know i i set in for my day and i tried to plan everything so that i wouldn't have to stress and nobody around me like really really close around me my bridesmaids my family they also wouldn't have to stress. Like there'd be no setup. There'd be no takedown. There'd be no, like, is everybody scrambling to get something done that morning? And I had so much relief going into the day that I knew that that wouldn't be the case. And so I think the biggest win would just be, I was present with, with every person that I interacted with that day, because I didn't have to be thinking about anything beyond it. I was able to like look people in the eye and talk to them and not be like, Oh my gosh, when do we cut the cake? Or, you know, that morning getting ready, it was only, you know, okay, it's only 10. My hair's at 10 30. I have 30 minutes to just sit here and like revive myself from last night. And it like, those were the things that went through my head. And I think when I look back, I would never trade the amount of preparation that went in beforehand, like in coordinating with Aaron or the amount of money that I paid her to make sure that that was the case. And I mean, and Ashley and Ashley too. I mean, everybody who was on my team that day was just so good at coordinating and making sure that, um, you know, if there was a crazy duck paddling under the water that I only saw like (laughs) the head. (laughs) Yes, man. I'm like getting emotional with how much. I mean, even you just saying like, yes, it was an investment to like spend this money on a coordinator and like have a good team behind you. But the amount 
of like, like you can't put a price tag on how much you were able to be present with your people. Like it's making me emotional. I'm like so happy that you got to feel that. And I can feel that with you. There's so much like genuineness behind your words. Yeah. I have one thought and a question. So one thought um, that I just am thinking is with you even sharing your win and being like, you know, I wanted to uh, not have to have any of my family, my close friends, you know, worry about setting up and tearing down and mom's setting up centerpieces and I'm doing, you know, like mm-hmm. that is such a gift to give to your family. And so many people don't realize that. And so many couples don't even think of that. And so the fact that you were able to give them that gift of not only you being present, but them being present as well is just, it's amazing. And so it, the second question or the question then that I have is kind of a, a piggyback off of that it sounds like your vendor team, specifically even your planner, had a huge role in this. What did having a wedding planner do for you and your mental health? Like in a pot, like did that posit, do you think that that helped you from maybe going down this dark hole or, or anything like that? Like how did that affect you by hiring a planner? Really great question. I think I honestly went into it not even knowing what a planner would do for me other than just like, coordinate the event, right? Like you don't expect as much to be taken off your plate as, as really is. Um, and so I went into this situation thinking like, oh, I know I want to have a beautiful wedding and a party. And there's no way that some online, the not checklist is going to give me everything I need to know to be able to do this myself. Um, and I'm also, I'm very career driven. I want to be able to focus on that. Um, And then also during the year of my wedding, I was getting my MBA and I was getting certified as a yoga instructor. So I'm doing all of these things. And so I just knew that, um, and this is such a weird comparison and people probably make fun of me for it, but I think back to being a kid and like crafting and I'm not crafty. And I would look something up and be like, I'm going to make that. And then I would make it and my sister would make it and my five close friends would make it and mine would look like shit and everybody else's would look great. (laughs) But I had the best idea. And I would be like, this is like, I came up with the idea. I looked at what we do. Like I'm, this is my idea. I'm the visionary, but my execution is just trash when it comes to like pulling together details. And so, um, from a, a mental health perspective, just like not having to think about the details, like to be able to have somebody that I could pitch out this high level, really vision of what I want, and then have them say, okay, here's what we're going to do. Them being Aaron, uh, you know, here's what we're going to do. You still have to make these three decisions, but for all three of those decisions, here's, here are your options pick. Like to me, that was just invaluable. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, and I can't even imagine. Cause sometimes I feel like from what I hear from so many couples is that they're just, there's so many options that they don't even know where to start. And to have a list brought to you and said, Hey, you pick this, even though you're still having to make a decision. It's so, I can imagine it's so much lighter because you're going, no, don't like that. Don't like that. I like that. Or if you like all three of them, you're only having to decide between three and not 300. Exactly. And I think I, I really like to think about life through that lens. And I, I, I feel like it's the, like, the worker, the corporate America and me too, that what's the opportunity cost? What are, we're even just like, what's the, what are the options on the table? Like spec it out for me, come bring me the one, two, three. I don't need the world. I just need to know with the requirements that I gave you, like, how do we get there? What's it going to make, what's it going to take to make it happen? Or like, how much does it cost to make it true? Like, however you want to think about it, but give me the high level with the pertinent details that I need to make the decision. And then, you know, let me pick from a short list. And I think it was especially helpful in getting Jacob on the same page when it came to navigating it too, because oftentimes I would want the most expensive option or, um, you know, the nicest or whatever it was, And to be able to say, okay, I know that this might look expensive to you, but here's the one, two, three of like what money can buy us. And every time I ever had to do that, he was like, well, fuck option one. Like that's trash. I don't want that. Like, of course, of course we're going to pay that money because he didn't like, he didn't understand the value or like he couldn't conceptualize it until he had those three things like right in front of him. That is so good because you're right. 
he, everything is, you're just like, Hey, this is a flowers are going to cost like $4,000 or whatever. And then he's like, well, that's a lot of money. And you're like, well, this is our $1,000 option. This is our $2,000 option. This is our $4,000 option. And he's like, okay, both of those look like trash. We're going, or, you know what I mean? Like then he does see, (laughs) okay, maybe it's not that outrageous for what I want or something, you know? Exactly. And I think for, for him, it was a matter of not really understanding that it was a priority for him or like that the look did matter to him because mm-hmm. the reality is like no option is trash. Like everybody has their priority. And for, for me, I was able to very clearly say, I know that flowers are important and this look is what I want. And I already knew that it was going to be expensive, but for him, he's like, oh, I don't need flowers, blah, 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 until he sees that minimalist look. And he's like, okay, flowers do matter. And I think that that's what it takes. And then, then it's the flip side too. Like we both, I'm trying to think of something that we were like, oh, we got to spend the money, put the money in. And then we got the quotes back. We're like, no, we can take the bare minimum. And I'm trying to think of, I know that we made those decisions, but I can't, can't think of anything right now. (laughs) Chairs. Chairs. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly it. Like I would have loved to have, you know, acrylic chairs or the gold and white starts with a C don't know what they're actually called chairs. Um, but we are like, if I could have procured 200 black velvet chairs, I absolutely would have, but would I pay 10 bucks each for them? Mm, Probably not. So we went with the chairs that were provided by our venue because that was not a priority to us. And at the end of the day, the only thing that anybody would ever remember about the chairs was what they saw in a picture. And that's not what your day is about. Yep. That's right. That's so big. Seriously. Go ahead. Nothing. I'm just loving everything. You go, Chris. (laughs) Okay. I was just going down a rabbit hole. So Do you want me to answer what I didn't like about the day? Yeah, the loss, maybe the low, you know, the not so great part of the day. Yeah. So when it came to things that I couldn't have anticipated as well. Um first of all, I drank way too much at my <laughs> rehearsal dinner. Um, which was a lot of a symptom of anxiety that I didn't realize I would feel when I had so many loved ones together. It was like all of a sudden my wedding and the vision that I had for myself and what I set out to do completely backfired, which was having all these people that I love together because I felt like I've got so many people here and I love all of them, but I can't be with all of them at once. And so I felt like I just drank to get kind of like get through that. And so I drank too much in my rehearsal dinner. I woke up my wedding day at like 5 a.m. and I could not go back to sleep. I didn't need to be up until like 8.30 or nine because we didn't do a first look. So we had a little bit of, a little bit more time. Um, I couldn't go back to sleep. So I, tr- I took a bath. I like tried to get through it. And then I didn't feel hungover until like 10 a.m. And I was like, I don't really feel very good, but I got through it. And then, um, you know, similar anxiety hit in, like as soon as we went to dinner after the wedding, like I got through the wedding and everything was great. And I have like the best memories, but then I drank our like champagne toast champagne so fast. I think Jacob had one glass and I finished the rest of the bottle. And then it was like, by the time we even started eating dinner, I probably was drunk. And then like most of my reception was just like hugging people and crying and like kind of being a hot mess. Um, so I think that was just like looking back I wish that I had been able to be a little bit more like coherent and present in a sober sense. Um, but I, I do have like great memories and I just, I know that through all of it, I was so surrounded by love that I don't really regret any of it. It just, I probably could have done it differently. Yeah. Ashley, do you feel like you've seen, um, couples maybe get overwhelmed with like not being able to connect with every single one of their guests or if they do it's for like seconds like 15 seconds do you feel like you've seen that oh yeah I I can attest that that's how I felt at my reception and I that was probably like that was my regret and I still kind of struggle with that idea that these people came and I didn't even get to like say hi to them like that's something that I still battle with and so yeah I feel like an easy thing to do to just like be like oh my gosh this is overwhelming would be to just finish your toast champagne and like you know, just be like, okay, I'm just going to drink and have a good time. Like I'm going to get out of my head and I'm going to have a good time, you know? Yeah. 
No, I, I, I get that. And you know what? That's so, that's so interesting because it, that is something that you're right. You can't, you don't anticipate that. Like that's not something that, I mean, I remember feeling that way too, because so when we got married, uh, I had not all of my family, but I had a handful of family come up from Houston and just not even being able to spend as much as the day of my day with these 15 people that came in. Um, it was, it was overwhelming. Like I was like, Oh, I feel like I should be over there talking to my grandma and saying Mm -hmm. hi and in this and that. And I think, so I, I can completely understand where that's coming, where you're coming from with that. Um, Does that still weigh on you, Katie? A little bit. Um, I would say really because, and it's honestly the opposite of not being able to say hi to everybody because I prioritize that. And so when I think about that reception time, I hear the stories that Jacob tells about his experience from our reception. And he's like, oh, it was a party. Like I was dancing. I held, he was like holding babies and stuff. And I literally just feel like I went table to table talking to everybody. And so I think what weighs on me is that he and I didn't spend time together. And like, I'm the, I'm like the life of a party at somebody else's wedding. And I wasn't that way at mine. And I think that's, what's like the part that I wouldn't say it like weighs on me, but when I think about it, I'm like, what about that scenario for me took me so out of character that I felt like I had to be this like hyper aware host that wanted to greet and talk and make sure the food was good and make sure everybody had a drink in their hand, but like, didn't matter at all for me. Cause that's not usually something I struggle with. I'm usually, I wouldn't say selfish, but like, I'm pretty good at putting myself first when I should be first. And I was not at all at, at my reception. Yeah. I think the people pleasing part of like women naturally, I talked to Chris about this a lot kicks in a lot on wedding day. And it's really hard to tame that back and like empower yourself to be like, screw it. I want to dance. I'm going to dance. It's really hard to do that. Like in reality, when it comes down to it, how could someone have prepared you for that? Katie, like what, what could someone have told you to kind of even plant that seed in your head that like, Hey, this is something that you might not expect. Like what would have resonated with you? I would say just hearing that it, it happens. Um, I know there seems to be kind of this movement now where maybe a husband and a wife go take a moment after the ceremony or during the reception, even to eat dinner together because they want that togetherness. Right. And so I think right now there's a lot of emphasis on make sure you're with your husband or wife or whoever, you know, you marry, um, during, during that time. But I think we need to shift the conversation a little bit and not so much tell people they have to spend it together, but understand what you want out of your experience, not what everybody else should be getting out of your experience and then game plan how to make sure that you're going to do that. And so for me, I think I wish I had told, you know, my sisters who would have done anything that I told them to do. I wish I would have been like, make sure that my ass is on the dance floor, not crying and hugging people. Um, or make sure that Jacob and I eat dinner together or whatever it is like, because they were making sure of other things or they would just do it by instinct. But I think they saw me in that thinking like, Oh, this is her element. That's what she wants to be doing. Um, not really anticipating that. And they probably don't even know that I feel this way now, you know, but I think that's a part of it is just think about yourself and like place yourself in that situation and understand the whirlwind of factors that go around you and really outline what that ideal experience looks like for you, not for your guests. Yeah. I love that you said, share it with people because they can hold you accountable when you're swept up in it. I love Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. It's almost like they're reminding you of your why or, Mm -hmm. or something, you know, it's like, Hey, like, Lara and I have been, we've been talking about, um, this is a little rabbit trail, but I'm going to go ahead and go down it. Cause I broke it last night. Go down it. Like I'm trying to, to stop eating so late and Lara and I, like, we will, we will enable each other like crazy. Like Lara says, one of my best characteristics as a husband is that she can look at me and it can be 11 PM. And she's like, Hey, you know what sounds good? Oreos. And I'm going to go get Oreos less more because I want Oreos now too. Like it's kind of cause she wants them too, but it's probably more that I want them as well. So last night I was like, um, 
like I had talked to her, I was like, hey, we need a safe word. Ashley and Justin have a safe word for this. Like we need to figure out a safe word so that whenever I'm like, it's 1130 and I'm like, hey, we should order a Pizza Hut. Like you can be like, gecko, no, we're not doing that. Like just some random word. Call and, it out. Yeah. And she, and I did it last night and she didn't. I woke up this morning. I was like, why didn't you tell me the safe word? I have heartburn now. You know, like something oh stupid, God. but. But but it's almost like you need that wedding safe word for your people so that they know like, hey, if you notice me doing anything on this day that goes out of bounds for these things that are that are our wise, like you got to say it. You got to let me know. I give you permission. Like you can remind me. So last question. If you had a piece of advice that you wanted to share with any person who is planning their wedding day, what would it be? Like, and this is just, this can come from your experience. Like, what do you feel like is the most valuable information that you can give someone planning their wedding? So I think it's advice that I wish I had told myself. And it kind of goes a little bit against some of the things that I've said, I feel like, but don't think about your wedding as a party to plan. Um, Don't think about it as an event. Think about it for what it is, um, and the experience that you want to get out of it. Um, and don't start with the not checklist of everything that comprises a wedding, because the template of a wedding that we've been conditioned to think is, you know, the only definition of a wedding or uh, even this grandiose best definition of a wedding is just silly. And it, I think when you get down to why you're even having a wedding, um, a lot of things start to be less important. And I think back to how much I didn't care about so many things. And I would have conversations um, even with coworkers and their reaction would just be shock. They would ask me these about, they would, I would get asked about details of my wedding just so gingerly. And I'd be like, oh yeah, what, like whatever, however it comes together. And they would hit me with all these what ifs of, well, what if it went this way? What if it went this way? And I just remember thinking like, who has the time or energy to care about that? And who, who's going to remember that, whether they're the bride or a guest at the wedding. And so I think just really looking at that, that day of your life, that experience for what you want out of it and what looking at your spouse and and saying your vows is going to mean later um, and what dancing with your dad, if you choose to do that, is going to mean to you then or later. Or if you're hiring a photographer because they have the most followers, but you don't like the way that they edit pictures. Um, you know, what is that going to mean to you? Did you hire a videographer because you wanted to be able to see your grandparents dancing or because you think you're supposed to have a two minute highlight reel? Like, why are you doing everything you're doing? And like, for what? That's a pretty good summary of, of, advice that was all I feel like really it was good. rambling sorry. you have so much wisdom yeah you really do up in you that like I can't help but just sit and soak up every single word that you say yeah I'm gonna step down and you can take my place on the podcast because you are just <laughs> dropping straight knowledge like you seriously have a ton of wisdom to share and so I mean and this was our hope like with doing these wedding breakdowns was that people can hear from real brides who've planned their wedding. They could hear their wins. They could hear their struggles. They could hear the advice, you know, because even as vendors, like, you know, Ashley, you got married and and you can look back on your day, but everyone, and I can look back on my day as a, as a, as a man, but everyone has their own wedding use, their own wedding experience is so unique like it's it's different for everybody so there's so much value in having these conversations Ashley did you have anything else you wanted to add or say to Katie or ask her well I just wanted to because I think whenever I'm on the end of a interview or I'm being interviewed by somebody I feel like that's always when I'm like oh I wish I would have said this I wish I would have added this are you having any of those moments that like there's something that you wish that like oh I want to add this I just said add this like 12 times (laughs) I know that there is something. Um, so for, for me, I, 
I think I said it earlier, but I often have a, like, I don't give a fuck attitude about things. And sometimes you do things because you want it. And sometimes you do things because it's really important to somebody else. And so sometimes your give a fuck can be because somebody else gives a fuck, but it's a balance. And when it comes to a wedding, if you don't care and your spouse, future spouse, fiance, whatever you should call them in that setting, doesn't care, it doesn't hurt to take a thought to see if somebody else will really care. And if the answer is yes, but you're still paying for it, then maybe you go with, with the option that makes the most sense. If the option is yes, but it's going to piss off 20 other people, then maybe you still take the neutral zone. Um, but you don't have to care about how people feel, but sometimes you do. And so you can just be cognizant of that. Yeah, I think and that it's even was just... a horrible summary and you should just no, cut all of that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, think... I actually am like, seriously. It's it's even being aware that like it's okay to do what you want to do, but it's you're you're also being aware of like, well, but if my mom really, really, really cares about this and I don't care about it, then why not just make her happy if this is something mm-hmm. I don't care about? Like for like the things I do options. care about, yeah, and weigh them. And I think that's what mm-hmm. it is, is you're supposed to weigh these things and make a decision. And as long as yep. you are weighing them and or, or your fiance is weighing them and you guys are coming to a decision together. Like that's all that matters. Um, but yeah, I think it's important because some people, they just might go on a rampage and it's like, you know what? This is my day. Ashley said to just do whatever I want. So I'm going to roll over everybody and I'm just going to, you know, make my decisions and make my calls. But in the, in doing that, you like, you know, ruin relationships. And we say this, like the relationships, like a wedding is one day and the love that like happens lasts a lifetime. But but, you know, you have those relationships that you have to go back to, too. So maybe you should just weigh it a little bit. I think that's good advice. Mm-hmm. My other one piece that I feel like everybody should know anytime they're going to be in front of a camera, too, is tell your photographer what you are insecure about so that they can be cognizant of that. Because um, I think a lot of people are really awkward in front of the camera if they're anything like me. Um, and it's not comfortable to be like, oh, I really hate this part of me or I'm, you know, make it look good. But the outcome's so much better if you just have somebody who can at least see you through the lens that you see yourself because nobody wants to regret their wedding pictures because it's a day that you'll never get back. And it's honestly a lot of money. It's an investment into memories for a lifetime and nobody wants an album full of photos that they're ashamed to show somebody. Mm -hmm. Seriously. It, and it's hard sometimes I think to tell somebody that maybe you don't know very well, which is a big yes. reason to like hire somebody that you click with, but tell somebody that you don't know very well, like, Hey, I don't like, like, I hate my ears. I hate my double chin. I like, you don't want to do those things and you don't want to say them. And it's not very comfortable, but there is so much for them to be able to look out for, for you. Cause so they're on, they're on your team, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's great Yeah, because yeah, I don't think a lot of people think like, Chris, do you ever have people tell you like, Hey, PS I'm insecure about these things. No, but I, I do try to ask people because I know they're not going to bring it up mm-hmm. unless they're made aware of it. Like, or if I have, yeah, I, if I normally get a vibe where I feel like someone, I know I can see something that's going to be a troubled issue. Like I'll, I'll ask. Not about something yeah. specific, like, hey, I yeah, noticed your knee looks anything? funny. Uh, do you want me to like hide your knee? But I'll just ask them sometimes. Yeah. Well, Ashley was straight up ask. like, your arms are really fat. Do you want me to like make them look better? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think out. I read I that review online that they asked people oh, that. Shut up. It was my anonymous um, wedding photographer, trash talker, one, two, three. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, Mm -hmm. Katie, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your plethora of knowledge. Seriously, I loved hearing about your wedding day and just all the attention that you and Jacob put into the day because um, that's a lot. And I think that I I really do hope to see this new, this not new, but just see this movement of why and intentionality really start to come on the forefront of, of people planning their wedding days. So Ashley, you got anything else you want to add? 
before we no, head out. I'm so glad that we got to catch up. I love hearing from you. You're one of my favorite people to hear talk legitimately. I don't know why you would even slightly hate your voice. I could literally listen to you all day long. And I think people are going to absolutely love and eat this up. You're amazing. Well, thank you both. I'm super glad to be um, the guest and be able to break down my wedding. Um, and I'm eager for this to air so that I cannot listen to myself, but listen to you guys and your feedback. Cause I am definitely leaving this feeling like I obviously did something right. So it's good reinforcement of that. Um, and also just really excited for what you guys are doing. Cause I think, uh, a lot of these conversations will be really impactful for brides, especially after the train wreck of 2020. I think anybody right now is even terrified to try to plan a wedding. Oh my gosh. Um, so much. So yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again thank you. so much. I'm like, I'm like sad to say bye, but <laughs> I know you guys like have things to do. <laughs> uh, okay. I would, I literally would sit here and talk to you all day, but well, thank you yeah. again, Katie. I super appreciated it. Chris, yes. I'm really glad you got to meet Katie. Yes, it was nice to meet you. Listeners, thank you so much. If you had any thoughts or any nuggets of anything that stood out that Katie said to us, shoot us a DM, screenshot it, share it, send us all your words of affirmation. We would love to hear them. And thanks for tuning in to this first wedding breakdown.